Welcome to the Retirement Risk Show, the best retirement interviews and advice with Dave Hall. Learn strategies to help you reduce and even eliminate the risks facing your retirement. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the show. My name is Dave Hall. I am your host. Very excited to be back here talking about how we can get you safely through retirement. If you've not yet taken the opportunity, please go to my website, retirementriskadvisors.com. Here you're going to be able to get access to our tools, our resources, all of our education platforms to give you the information that you need to get through that longest self-imposed period of unemployment. Most of you will have in your lifetime, could last 10 years, may last 20, heck, probably even 30 or 40. It's what we call retirement. Today, we're going to be talking about a topic that uh, what I found in dealing with CPAs is something many CPAs aren't real familiar with, but can become a very important tool for a segment of you as you try to deal with your retirement planning, and that is self-directed IRAs. I brought in the expert today to help us with this. I've got Matt Sorensen. He's an attorney. He's the CEO of Directed IRA and Directed Trust Company. He's written the best-selling book, Self-Directed IRA Handbook. It's one that I use all the time for my research. And he also has an annual summit called the Self-Directed IRA Summit. And I think he has two kids, one's named Self and the other's Directed. That's right. Now, that may be something I added into this, but uh, Matt, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks so much. A pleasure to be on. I love the topic of self-directed IRAs. So if someone's like, hey, will you talk about this? I'm like, yeah, I'm there. Anything else? Honestly, I'm not that great, but I'm pretty good at this. And it's a topic that, and I liked how you introed it too, not a lot of people have heard about, and it's good for some people. Not everyone needs a self-directed IRA, but a self-directed IRA can be a really powerful tool for those who can utilize it and understand it properly. So we've been doing it for years. I've been helping clients as a lawyer for years. We also have a trust company. You mentioned directed IRA. We have a billion in assets that we did in three years. We've grown really quickly because we're experts in the area. So but I can explain what it is if you want. I know some people might know, Dave, but like I can give the basic. Yeah, let's get into the, the basics of this. And then I've got a number of questions that I'm curious about that I'd love to learn a little bit more about. So if you can start the basics, we'll build upon that. So basically, a self-directed IRA is an IRA that can invest in any asset allowed by law. The most common asset people buy with a self-directed IRA is real estate. And I'm not talking about like a REIT or something. I'm talking about like a rental property down the street, a duplex an LLC with four other people that's a small apartment building. I mean, these are assets your IRA can actually own, and you're using your Roth, traditional, SEP IRA, health savings account, solo 401k. We can get into all these different accounts. But all those accounts can be self-directed and kind of into these alternative assets. Now, other popular assets are like startups, private companies, private funds are very popular. Crypto became super popular last year, not so hot now. <laughs> but we have clients invested in all these things. I mean, I have clients that have owned shares in racehorses, that have bought cows, all these different assets. I have a client that owns 5% of a Mexican soccer team in their IRA. You know, we've had clients that buy pre-IPO companies that are now publicly traded companies they've done in their IRAs. So like, these are all things you can do, but you're generally not gonna be able to do it with your IRA at Fidelity or TD Ameritrade. You need a self-directed IRA, which is what we do at Directed IRA. And is that something people can do on their own? Obviously, they're not going through the big brokerage houses, but as you talk about investing in these products, who do they need to have involved to make sure they do the paperwork right, to make sure they set it up correctly and get the right advice? Yeah, so one party you have to have involved is a custodian. And IRAs are required to have a custodian, which is either a bank, a credit union, or a trust company, 
or specifically approved by the IRS. There hasn't been anybody specifically approved by the IRS for like 20 years. So mostly what it is is banks, credit unions, and trust companies. So we're a trust company, licensed and regulated. You know, We get audited and all that. And as a trust company, what we can do is we can custody your IRA. We can hold the assets. Now, from there, you have options. You might want to get a CPA involved who understands this, maybe an attorney, maybe a financial advisor. There's other professionals that have gotten experience in these areas. You know, not every CPA, attorney, or financial advisor even knows what the heck this is, you know, but you can find them. They're out there. We know lots of them, of course. We run into them at conferences and in our business and have resource directories with them. But sometimes, especially when you're new, you want to learn kind of like the rules of the road. But what I always tell people about self-directing is there's rules you need to know. Self-directing your IRA is not like rocket science. It's more like a board game. Like you just need to learn the rules once, play it with someone who you know, maybe read the rule book, you know, the self-directed IRA handbook. (laughs) Or more than likely, just play with someone who's done it before. Maybe it's a professional, maybe it's another investor. But then you're doing the same thing over and over again. And it becomes much easier the second, the third transaction because it's the same rules every time. And I'm sure there are some pitfalls that exist out there. Uh, Any main ones that you would tell people to steer away from, make sure they're not doing when they're looking at these self-directed accounts? The first thing is what's called the prohibited transaction rules. And that's basically a rule that says you can't transact yourself with your IRA. And also includes like your spouse, your kids, your parents. So for example, I have clients will call the time like, Matt, I got this piece of real estate that's appreciated a ton or I got these stock options that I got that are super valuable now and I want to sell them, but I don't want to pay all the tax. Can I just move those over to my self-directed Roth IRA and then I'll sell them to my self-directed Roth IRA and pay no tax? No, 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 no. <laughs> Congress thought you would do that. I would tell you to do that if you could, but they made a rule. It's called the prohibited transaction rules. And that basically restricts you from transacting your IRA with yourself. So if your IRA is going to go make new investments, which is what it's designed to do, it's going to be buying from third parties. It's not buying assets from you personally or your spouse or your personal company you own. It's buying them from third parties. So that's the first rule called prohibited transactions. It's actually like five chapters in my book, as you know, Dave, but (laughs) there's a couple of variations of that. But pretty much if you keep yourself and your family away from the investments, like if you buy a rental property, don't stay in it. You know, if you're doing a fix and flip property with your IRA or 401k, don't go work on it. You can check on it and look at it and oversee things, but don't put physical work in. So it's kind of like keep the investments of your IRA separate from you personally. That's kind of a, a rule of thumb. Anything else besides that, besides uh, dealing with these uh, restricted parties, any other big pitfalls that you're seeing people fall into? The other big one is something called UBIT tax unrelated business income tax. And this is a tax that can apply to IRAs when they get business income. See, when retirement accounts were created, they were designed to receive investment income, like capital gains, interest income, dividend, rental income, royalty income. That's all income that IRAs, 401ks can get. And you don't pay tax on it, right? Retirement accounts were created to make investments, get investment income. You don't have to pay tax. You grow the balance comes out tax-deferred in a traditional or totally tax-free in a Roth. But there's a tax that can apply to retirement accounts called UBIT, Unrelated Business Income Tax. Sometimes people refer to it as UBTI, Unrelated Business Taxable Income. But that tax is 37% if you run into it, and it applies to business income, quote-unquote. Now, what we see in the IRA space where we see most people get hit with this is in real estate when they're flipping a lot of properties 
or they're doing real estate development or new construction. We have clients like that. And some of them, frankly, pay it or do a C corporation that blocks it. There's some advanced strategies there, but kind of in more active real estate business, not just buying a bunch of rentals or doing private money lending. You're like in an active business. So if you do that, then the IRS looks and says, well, your IRA is more in the business of real estate. It's not investing in it anymore because you're doing short-term deals or development or new construction. The other would be investing in businesses that are pass-through entities. They're not C-corps. So for example, let's say my IRA invested in a friend of mine who was starting a, a restaurant and it's an LLC. My IRA owns 50% as the cash partner. My friend's kind of the work partner running the business, making whatever they're making, you know, <laughs> and, um, and then we're splitting the profits. Okay, great. Well, when my IRA gets profits, there was no tax paid on that. It's a pass-through. This is now business income. My IRA is getting K-1. There's going to be a K-1, right? That the IRA share of the profit, and there's going to be income on box one probably, which is ordinary income. That's going to cause UBIT for the IRA. Now, if that was a C corporation, like let's say your IRA invested in probably traded restaurant company, well, they're a C corp, they pay corporate tax and you get your dividend that's different because there was a corporate tax already paid, so there's an exemption from UBIT tax on dividend. But if it's a total pass-through, LLC being the case, you're going to get this UBIT tax on that income. So you want to get investment income. And that pass-through only applies to the business segment, correct? I mean, if you've got a piece of real estate yeah. that's in a pass-through LLC that's passive income, exactly. not going to have to worry about it. It's just the operating businesses where you've got active participation and Exactly. Operating businesses, that's what I'd worry about. If it's a rental property or you know, rental income coming through, capital gain, even on a K-1, don't stress, not UBIT. But we want to be careful of those. The other one that's a little weird is IRAs can't own S-corporations. You know, S-corporations are popular in the small business space, and a lot of IRAs invest in small businesses, private companies, these self-directed IRAs. But IRAs just don't qualify as an S-corporation shareholder under S-corp rules. So, but they can own C corps, they can own LLCs, they can own limited partnerships, they can own assets directly. You know, a lot of clients, IRAs will just make a private money loan right out of the IRA. So they can own an asset right out of the IRA too, like a note. More than 50% of CPAs will run out of money in retirement, and this number is projected to grow because of risks like inflation, increased longevity, and rising healthcare costs. Retirement Risks Advisors has the perfect solution to help CPAs make their money last as long as they do. Learn more by signing up for our flagship webinar, Getting Safely Through Retirement. In this webinar, we share the top 10 financial risks CPAs will face in retirement and what can be done to reduce or eliminate each risk. To get started, visit retirementriskadvisors.com safe. Matt, your book's going to answer 95% of people's questions, in my opinion, having read through it, yeah. having talked to a number of people on the topic, that it does a great job of covering most of what people need to know. But obviously, there's usually 5% that may be specific to someone else, a unique question. Yeah. Are you guys able to help there through your law firm or through the directed company yeah. to give people some advice on what they should do so they don't get caught... Uh, with a situation they don't want to be in. Yeah. So on the law firm side, we can advise from a tax and legal standpoint. Our law firm's KQS Lawyers. You can go to kqslawyers.com and learn more about us, set up an appointment online too. So there's consulting involved there. At Directed, I mean, we can do new account appointments and I have senior account reps and managers that do a lot of those calls too that are super experienced. And so you can do a new account call about setting up an account. But if you got like complicated tax questions and a weird investment thing you want help on, that's more of a law firm thing. If you're like, no, I just need to know how to do this. Tell me the forms I need, the process, what documents, what comes first. 
like our new account team can totally help. And we have a lot of resources too. When I said self-directing an IRA is like playing a board game, you can read the book, you know, and I get it. Some people are readers and like a resource I am. Some people are like never going to read my book. Half my clients don't, I, you know, I, I get it. But like we've got our podcast, the Directed IRA podcast and tons of resources on our website at directedira.com that it's just free educational stuff, webinars. And what I'd say too is just dive into what you're looking to invest in. Like some clients are like, they're real estate people. You know, they're like, I'm just going to, I want to learn real estate. We'll just focus on the content that we have for that. Don't worry about precious metals. Don't worry about crypto. Don't worry about private companies and startups. Like, and just, just pick your lane and learn what you need to learn there. And that can help focus and cut your learning curve down too. Great advice. Matt, are there any limitations on state-specific setups that you guys can't do under the trust company? Are you able to pretty much help people across the country? Yeah, that's a nice thing with a financial institution because we're essentially a licensed financial institution. We can help clients in all 50 states. We do. We have accounts with clients in all 50 states now as we've grown so large. So we can definitely help no matter what state you're in. We can handle your account here. And most of our clients, even our local ones, they don't come to the office. You know, <laughs> We've done it fully online. We have e-signed documents for every activity you need to do on our website in a secure platform. So yeah, we can help you no matter what state you're in. We have clients overseas. So Matt, we brought up at the first of the show that this isn't for everyone yeah. to have these self-directed accounts. It obviously is for a certain segment. Any guidelines you can give us for who these usually work for? Obviously, when we talk about non-traditional assets where we're going into you know, some other asset like a, yeah. an animal or something of that nature, that that's not something your broker is going to cover. Yeah. But other guidelines you can give us to help people know if this should be an option for them. Well, a self-directed retirement account is just a tool, right? But you still need to have an investment to put into it. So the person that's perfect for a self-directed account is someone that has an investment they want to make. So if you're a real estate person, you might be like, well, Matt, I see real estate deals all the time. Great. It's for you. If you're like, well, Matt, I'm in startup world or I, I invest in private equity or VC stuff all the time. I make angel investments. I invest in private equity or VC funds all the time. Great. This could be an awesome option for you because you know the investments. You're already in that game. The person it's not good for is like the person that's like, I don't even know what mutual fund to buy. If you're stuck there, you're going to have a problem self-directing. You know, you're going to get there and be like, what do I do? Now, some clients have advisors that come and they're like, well, I've got some investments you can make. Here's some private funds. Here's some other things you can do that are not stuff you'd get kind of on the you know publicly traded asset type account. So um, sometimes clients have an advisor that helps with alt- alternative assets. So it's good for someone that has a taste for alternative assets, has access to them. You know, sometimes you need to be an accredited investor for certain assets, but real estate, you don't, and notes and a lot of that stuff that's popular, you don't. But if you're like, well, I want to invest in a private equity fund. Okay. You probably need to be an accredited investor. Are you or not? So sometimes that there's some people that get cut out because of that. You know, the other thing we teach a lot is we have a lot of clients that want to self-direct, but they're just not ready for it yet. And so we're like, we'll just keep educating yourself, learn about the investments you're interested in and keep studying, but still save, you know, still save and build your retirement account. Even if you're just buying the S&P 500 or whatever default thing you're doing, you know, still save. So you have that kind of that ammo, so to speak, ready when you want to make the self-directed investment, when you have the opportunity and the education and you're ready for it. Is there any dollar threshold that you'd recommend? Meaning if someone's just going into a new IRA, they're, they've got the $6,000 contribution limit. 
7,000 if they're age 50 or older. Does it work well for them or is usually someone that's got rollover assets and saying, hey, I can buy a much larger investment that I can really have some impact on my retirement with? Yeah, I would say 80 to 90% of the new accounts we open and sometimes we're opening like 40, 50 accounts a day. Like we're, we're growing quickly, but I'd say, I mean, 80, 90% are rollovers. They're working with retirement plan dollars they've already set aside. And if you think about it, you know, most private funds you're investing into, which is the second most popular asset class we have after real estate, I mean, their minimum investment amounts 50 grand for most private funds. So you got to at least have 50 for those types of deals. A lot of real estate deals, you know, the average, I think, is a little over 100000 on our books for a real estate asset. Some people are investing in LLCs where they're partnering in with other people in smaller amounts. I, on the other hand, I do have some clients that are like, they just start a Roth IRA and they kind of do a backdoor Roth IRA. They're a little more sophisticated, high-income earner. They do a backdoor Roth IRA and they're a real estate person. They go to a wholesale deal or they assign an option and they make a huge return on it. You know, they just find some deals and they kind of supercharge their account with an initially small amount. But if you're like, don't have access to opportunities where you can make money on a $6,000 investment, it might take you a while to save before you self-direct. Even myself, it took me three years of maxing out my retirement plan contributions before I bought my first self-directed investment, which was just a simple rental property. Yes, it can, you kind of, the average person needs maybe 50 grand or so, but if someone has deals and opportunity, they can make investments for five grand. You could just do a one-year contribution. Can most people convert into these with their other accounts, whether they have an IRA, 401k, yeah. 403b? Are, are most people able to make that transition? Yes. So if you have an old employer, 401k, 403b, those are easy. You can roll those over to just a traditional self-directed IRA. One that's a little sticky, of course, is the current employer 401k or 403b. So if you're in a current employer plan where you're still working, you're not yet retirement plan age of 59 and a half or older, you're typically locked in in that scenario where you can't leave the company's plan, you're stuck. Sometimes you can do an in-service rollover of employer contributions that have vested. That's sometimes an option, even if you're, let's say, 45 and you're in your current employer 401k. But other ones that can always roll out, you got an IRA at TD Ameritrade or a Roth IRA at Fidelity. I mean, IRAs can always move. You're just changing the custodian. So you got a Roth IRA at Fidelity, move it to directed IRA, and you got a Roth IRA at directed now. We're just going to let you buy these alternative assets that Fidelity only lets you do if you're an ultra high net worth individual. Do you guys handle all the accounting on the back end? If there there is any, if there's a process that's got to be done from a filing with the IRS or a process of paperwork, is that all done by your organization? Yeah. So we file what's called a 5498 to the IRS every year on the IRA accounts that we have, which is basically a tax form that any IRA custodian has to file. But then we also are doing your 1099s. If you maybe did a Roth conversion or you took a distribution, you know, we're going to issue you your 1099s, which you're going to need, you know. So we're doing all that tax work, of course, as your IRA custodian. And if you get into weird tax or legal situations, we have our law firm to help, you know, you got a prohibited transaction question or issue on an investment, or you might have a UBIT tax issue that maybe you owe it, maybe you don't, or you need to file if you do to pay that tax. You know, we can help with those um, in our law firm as those issues arise. Do you have people that will move their whole account just for simplicity and then say, look, I only want to go into alternative assets with 60% of my account. The other 40, I'm going to keep in the traditional account uh, that I've already got with a, a brokerage house. Again, traditional assets, not separate account. Do you see that very often? Yeah, I would say the, you know, there's 
different investor types out there of clients that we have. We have some people that are like 100% self-direct. They're just definitely going to self-direct the whole thing. And I'd say like a lot of our real estate clients in particular are that. Like they're in the real estate business. They've done 100 real estate deals. They got 30 investment prop rental properties in their personal name. Like they just go all in on it. And, you know, they usually are successful, quite frankly. Some people just want a little diversification. They're just like, man, I, I like real estate as an asset. Just own none of it. You know, I'm in New York or California in particular. And like, I have no real estate exposure or, I have, or I'm 100% invested in the stock market. So a lot of those people just will peel away 50 grand or 100 grand or a certain percent of their portfolio. And they're looking for some diversification and also hopefully some greater uh, return possibility. Everybody's got a little different approach to it, but I think everyone should consider it. It's like I said, it's not for everyone. You have to have an investment to make at the end of the day, but think of like, what's your investor profile? What are my opportunities? And then some people have an advisor that's helping them kind of weigh that. You know, it's crazy. I remember I had one client, one of my really early clients that made, that made a million dollar profit in his Roth IRA on a real estate option. He spent like 10 grand on a real estate option on some development property and sold it for over a million dollar profit. And I remember he was, this is like one of these things I mentioned quite a bit, but it was like, he was like excited because he like did this tax-free and he was super successful outside his retirement account, but he was also really frustrated that no one told him about this before. And he's like, I had the big law firm, the big CPA firm. I have a financial advisor, not one. I had to self-discover this dang thing myself and drag them kicking and screaming to let me do it. And he's like, and it was cool. I made a, a million dollar profit. He's got a 10 million plus account now. I mean, a million bucks in a Roth IRA on a real estate deal that I would have just done personally. I would have just done in my personal company and I would have paid tax almost 50% on that. And I would have made 500,000. And he's already in his 50s, you know? So he was like, I'm right around the corner from accessing this money at 59 and a half anyways. So for someone like that, he's like, I'm doing this 100%. For someone that's got a day job and that's not their full-time business's where they are going to run across deal and opportunity. Even me, like I'm, I'm like that person. I got some exposure and self-directed stuff. I got some stuff in the market. And so everybody's got a little different approach to it. Are you seeing more and more people invest in the Roth option? Are you seeing that area grow with uh, the future tax rates that we're looking at? Yes, that is our most popular account type actually is a Roth IRA. Um, and I, I don't know if that's consistent nationwide, but we definitely set up more Roth accounts than any other account. Now we preach it quite a bit because we love growing tax free. I know you're not getting your tax deduction now, and and you gotta you gotta be okay with that. But um, our experience and just with working with clients for, I mean, I've been doing this since 2006. Is those clients that have Roth accounts? I mean, like everyone else is envious of them, including me. Is like they figured it out, they stuck with it, and even our clients now are like your traditional account. Look at converting. Let's look at your investment opportunity where you think your account's going to be in 10 years and look at paying the tax now, like just get it over with yeah. in 10 years, you're going to look back and you're like, that was the best decision I made. Now, again, you've got to have investment opportunity. We're very much on the same page in regards to that. That's something that we teach all the time. Very contrary to most CPAs that are yeah. out there trying to look good because they get the deferral and they don't pay much today. But we're very adamant that taxes are going to go up. We talk about it in all of our webinars that yeah. now's a great time to invest in these products. So it's good to hear that you guys are on the same page there. One last question. Unfortunately, we're running out of time, but people get into these. They have an investment opportunity. It takes off. They make a lot of money. And then they say, okay, I'm at a point now. I really mm -hmm. just want to invest back 
back into traditional assets. Yeah. Is there a way of winding these down and them just going oh, yeah. back to a traditional IRA if they want to? Yeah, it's easy. And in fact, we have a brokerage account add-on on our IRA accounts here that a lot of clients use just between assets. You know, they're in a private fund or a company or investment that pays out or a real estate deal or a note, and they don't have the next deal ready. They'll just buy some publicly traded securities and we have a brokerage option. Some clients maintain a separate brokerage account that we're always transferring their cash back and forth between their existing self-directed IRA with us and their brokerage IRA somewhere else. And so that's very common to just kind of go back and forth. And with IRAs, you can do as many transfers as you want. There's a kind of a 60-day rollover rule where you can only do one of those every 12 months. But for transfers between IRA custodians, you can do one every day if you want it. It's unlimited. So you can easily move back and forth. Matt, there's a hundred more questions I could ask you. Unfortunately, we are out of time. How's the best way for people to get a hold of you, to get access to the book yeah. so they can learn more about this option to figure out if it's even right or not for them? Yeah, the best way is go to directedira.com, directedira.com. We have a ton of resources and educational stuff there. You can schedule a free new account appointment with one of our team members there as well. And then my website is Matt Sorensen, M-A-T, just one T, Sorensen, S-O-R-E-N-S-E-N, com where my book is. You can buy my book. It's on Amazon. And then I got a ton of educational resources there. And my free self-directed investor toolkit playbook is there as well, which you can download, which kind of has the 10 most frequently asked questions and issues people arise at before they self-direct. So a lot of resources you can get from those two spots. Listeners, please take Matt up on this opportunity. He is the expert. He's the guy I go to. I know I teach classes on the topic at times. I cover the basics, but really when I go back to the complex issues, it's Matt that's providing that information through the tools he's put out there. So please take advantage of him. He has his annual summit too, if you'd like to learn more in far more detail about the, the products. We will be back next week uh, with another guest talking about how you can get safely through retirement. Talk to you then. And that's today's episode. Thanks for listening. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to wherever you get your podcast. We come out with a new episode every Friday morning and you don't want to miss it. If you want to continue the conversations from our podcast, join Dave every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Central Time on the Retirement Risk Advisors Facebook page as he answers your retirement questions live. The Retirement Risk Show is a production of the Retirement Risk Advisors. Our show was produced by C.R. Talene and Autumn Koenig. If you're a CPA looking for more retirement education, visit retirementriskadvisors.com.